Hi, Diddly Ho, Preparinos. Welcome to Preparedness Works. Before anything else, let's pause for a word from the sponsor of today's episode. Sawyer products offer the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, water, and injuries. Everything from insect repellents to water filtration. The filters are used in disaster situations all around the world. So whether you are in the backcountry or in the backyard, check out Sawyer.com to learn more. Today, I'm going to help you set yourself up for success. I had a pretty cool training opportunity this week. I helped uh, people in a medical facility practice evacuating uh, patients, anybody who's um, non-ambulatory, meaning they can't walk by themselves. And uh, we were using a tool called a med sled. Now, it's a pretty rudimentary device. It's semi-rigid plastic that you essentially roll the patient in kind of like a burrito and you strap them in and slide them down the stairs. Now, you don't let them go uh, free sliding down the stairs. There's a strap at the top that connects to a carabiner. And you use that carabiner and you hook it onto either a mounting bracket or to the railing. And somebody keeps tension on the strap and lowers them hand over hand down the stairs. And it works. It does all the work for you. And training these people, I I tell them like this, this is something that you, we can do very carefully. We can do with a lot of people helping out and following all these steps. But ultimately, if, if it's your last resort and you have to get people down these stairs, any one of you could lower any of the rest of you down the stairs by yourself if you needed to. Now, we always want more people helping. But to demonstrate this, I put myself in the med sled as the patient and I picked one of them. And I, when I do this, I usually pick the, the smallest one of them. We hook on the carabiner safely and have them hold tension on the strap and then push me over the edge of the stairs. And there's usually a bit of a drop, but this lets them see that, that they can trust the equipment. I slide down and maybe slide against the wall a little bit. I'm completely safe and protected inside this evacuation device. And the person holding it isn't pulled off their feet. They just hold tension on that strap and the way it wrapped around wraps around the carabiner keeps me from sliding down the stairs. So I teach them to trust the equipment that it's built to work even in a high stress situation. As long as you are following very basic rudimentary principles, it will work. And in that way, they're setting themselves up for success. Now they have lots of other options for evacuation before they get to this point. Uh, so it is a very last resort thing and that hopefully they'll never have to use. But at the end of the day, if they do have to use it, it's something they can fall back on. Now it's said that you don't rise to the occasion, you fall to your level of training. And in a lot of ways, I believe that. I think in some situations, a lot of people do rise to the occasion. We get to see the best of people when, when things are hard. Sometimes you see the worst of people too, but people do come together and support each other and do things. They step out of their box in a way that they wouldn't normally, they wouldn't normally do. And it's really cool to see, but with, with things that you have to train for, you can't rise to the occasion of, of something that's somewhat technical that you aren't, aren't trained to do and do it well. Uh, that's why setting yourself up for success means getting some tools that work for you. 
this med sled is, is an example of that. Now, I also was reminded of um, a cat tourniquet. Now, it's a combat application tourniquet. It's kind of the gold standard, maybe not the best one out there, but it's one of the, the best known tourniquets. It has a strap that goes around through the buckle. You tighten it, Velcro it, or use a, a hook and pile fastener. And it has a windlass that you crank. And as you crank it, it tightens, cuts off the blood supply to the limb. You um, hook the windlass into the uh, retention hook and fasten it on there. And it's done. It works really well. It works so well, in fact, that uh, little kids could use it. A five-year-old could learn how to use it effectively. Now, there's a debate out there about the different tourniquets and which one is the best. And this idea of setting yourself up for success comes into play with with tourniquets or with with pretty much anything you prepare. If you're you're buying gear or getting a tool, you have two options. Generally, you can buy something that will do, or something that you can make work, or you can buy something that will work for you. And the cat tourniquet is one of the things that is very simple to use. It's uh, it's pretty intuitive and uh, it works really well. And there's a debate out there on the different types of, of tourniquets, especially between the cat and the rats. Now, before I get into that, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, the group that kind of pushes uh, which pushes out which tourniquets are are the best or which ones are the standards. And it's the Committee on Tactical Combat Casualty Care, or TCCC. And uh, this group is part of the Joint Trauma System for the Department of Defense Center of Excellence for Trauma. And they're focused on pre-hospital battlefield medicine. So they do all the research on... Uh, combat injuries, and they figure out what works, what doesn't. They do research on each of these tourniquets and test them and give you a, basically their results on saying these are the ones that were most effective. Now, there, the cat tourniquet is, or the cat is one that has passed and been successful pretty much as, as long as they've, they've um, put out these recommendations. And there's some confusion because a lot of people say, oh, that such and such tourniquet is not um, CO triple, COT triple C approved. But the um, committee on T triple C does not approve tourniquets. They recommend specific tourniquets and tell you why. So there are no approved versus unapproved tourniquets. But there are about eight uh, non-pneumatic tourniquets that are recommended two of them are, are different generations of cat there's the uh, there are some ratcheting ones and there are some some with windless like the um, soft and the cat they both have windlasses so these different tourniquets are effective but the rats is a different kind of tourniquet now there's there are a lot of videos a lot of people really really like them a lot of people can get them to work really well and they can work. It's essentially this um, rubberized strap. It's a rubberized covered strap. 
you hook it, you wrap it around, hook it onto itself, and then wrap multiple times around, keeping tension, and it's supposed to tighten really well on onto the extremity and cut off the blood supply. Now, the problem is that there is a, a pretty big opportunity for error there, for user error. Now, I've seen videos where somebody who is a special forces medic says, this is what this is the one I recommend, this is the one I use, I find it completely effective. And people say, well, if that special forces medic can use it really well, then so can I. And then you ask, well, are you also a special forces medic? And generally the answer is no. Now, something like a rat's is, in my experience, pretty equivalent, a little bit better designed, but pretty equivalent to an improvised tourniquet. Somebody can successfully make a tourniquet out of a belt and a Sharpie or out of a, a cravat bandage, rolling it up and then putting a, a marker or a pen in it and, and using it as a windlass to create an improvised tourniquet. The thing is, is that improvised tourniquets are much less effective because they rely on the user. They're much more, it, it requires much more technical knowledge and in the stress of the situation, you have to do everything right versus something that's simplified like a cat that is built to work or the meds that we're talking about. It's built to work. You have to follow just rudimentary principles and it's pretty difficult to mess up. Like I said, like a five-year-old can figure out how to use it. Will they be effective in a stressful situation? I don't know. That's something else to be tested. But it's simple enough that they can effectively learn how to do it. And for us as adults listening to this, we want to set ourselves up for success by getting the tools that work for us. So if you are confident in your skills and you've practiced because training is, is an essential thing. If you've practiced with a rats or an improvised tourniquet and that's what you want to do, the rats is really good for concealment. You can put it along your, your waistline and your belt uh, it's good for EDC. You can roll it up and put it in your pocket. But when it comes down to the heat of the moment, when things are stressful and you have to fall back on something, you've got your training to fall back on, but you want to fall back on a reliable, consistently reliable piece of equipment if equipment is what you have to rely on. So this isn't necessarily a plug for for the cat tourniquet, although it sounds like one. And uh, if North American Rescue wants to sponsor this, then go ahead and send me an email. But these tourniquets that are the windless and ratchet tourniquets that have been tested to a pretty high standard are pieces of equipment that you can count on. When you use a water filter, you want a water filter that is pretty much ready to go. You don't want to have to assemble everything or figure out um, if you're adding water tabs, what the correct ratio is. If you're using bleach, you set yourself up for success. I mean, for example, with bleach, if you are if you are going to use bleach to sanitize some water, then it's a good idea to have that written out on either the water you have stored that you plan to add more bleach to or the bleach that you, you plan to add to water. That way, it's ready to go. You don't have to go and find the information. You don't have to try to work things out. It's there, ready to go. 
So setting yourself up for success isn't just the equipment, isn't just the knowledge. It's using all of those aspects to create the best scenario for you when things are not going so well. Your adrenaline is flowing through your body, your heart rate increases, and your brain gets kind of dumb. And that's normal. But training, especially with equipment that is consistently effective, can help you to overcome some of those those barriers to working effectively in an emergency. So to set yourself up for success, get some knowledge, get some training, and use equipment that will help you and work for you rather than relying on you to be completely competent and aware while you're using it. How you should be as, as competent and aware as, as possible. Be very good at what you do, but set yourself up for success. Until next time, prepare to switch.